Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohschein, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude, at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you, but I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway. Hey everyone, my name is Lon Strohschein, founder of The Normal 40, and I am super excited you are here. Hey, really quick today, I am excited to have a friend of mine, Donnie Boivin, join the podcast. It's actually um, something we did probably about five or six months ago in my, my closed community called The Insider. And I'm going to play this for you, previously only um, recorded for those of you who are on the inside. But if you're wondering what goes on in there, this is it. Donnie is a, is a dude I met on LinkedIn. Look, at, if, if you know my story, if you've been following me, you know that in February of 2022, I left my position as a corporate, public, uh, as a corporate executive and I set out to do my own thing, to take a bet on me. And when I left, I really didn't know what that was going to look like. I had no idea that fast forward a little bit over a year, I'd, I'd be where I'm at. I'd be um, the host of a podcast. I'd have my own coaching community. I would have written a book that will be coming out in just a matter of weeks. And that I would get to be working from my home, working my own hours, and actually being in love with the life that I'm building for myself. But along the way, I met this cat, Donnie Boynting, who has done a lot. He's the founder and creator of Success Champion Networks. He's the owner and editor of um, Success Champions Magazine. And he's got a podcast of his own uh, that does much better than mine, by the way, um, called Growth Mode Podcast. And you should absolutely check it out. But Donnie's a cat, not all that different from me. Um, he's just years ahead of his journey than I am. And, and he is an absolute joy to talk to. He's a joy to be around. I've uh, attended virtual events with him uh, where he and I both got event, uh, invited and thrown into a room together. And it's just an absolute joy to be, to be around him. And you're going to get to see why. Now, look, Donnie keeps things super real. Um, he, uh, he, well, look, I'm not going to tell his story. A little bit, um, probably if you're riding around in a car with your kids, I would probably tell you to hit pause. Uh, Donnie is a dude who's passionate about what he does, and his use of the F word is awesome um, and, uh, and prolific, and might I even say he uses it in a way that I find endearing. But the other thing I want to say is the reason I found Donnie is he wrote a book called um, Fucked to Focused. All right, there you go. So even he, he even puts it in his book. Um, and it's just his journey about how to, how to get from this place where most of you are at most people who find me are at this place that I call normal 40. Um, and Donnie's got his own words for it, but how to get out of it, what to do about it. What, what are the things that he wrestled with? What's his story look like? And who are you going to pin your excuses on next? I mean, that's, that, that's the essence of what he talks about. So look, I would love it if you would, uh, I'll put, I'll put it into the show notes where to find his podcast and a link to his book. And I'm going to let all of you 
have access to what typically goes on in the Insider. The Insider, just as a reminder, is a community. Uh, you can go to my website, go to communities, click on Insider. It's 25 bucks a month. And if it's not the best 25 bucks you spend in a month trying to figure out who you need to be next, ask me and I'll give you your money back. You know, just send me a two word email, money back, and I'll do it. You're going to get your money's worth and you're going to get your money's worth because dudes like this come in and they do office hours with me and you get to be part of it. You get to ask questions, you get to engage, you get to hear how other people have done it. One of the things I say is when you're going through this, find a guide. Well, Donnie's a guide. Hopefully I'm a guide and we're just waving the lantern here, hoping that you see us. All right. We're going to cut right to the episode. Um, and you can also find this on YouTube if you don't want to find it here on Normal 40 TV with Lon Strohshine. But in the meantime, you are on Normal 40, the podcast. I'm excited you're here, and I will see you on the backside. Cool. All right, big boss, man. Take so, off. So, and, and seriously, Lon, I'm honored to do this, man. I love hanging out with people that are trying to get after it in life. So, yeah. So for those who don't know me, Donnie Bovine, I'm the CEO and founder of the Success Champion Family of Companies. But um, I didn't get that way through the easy, normal route. I didn't grow up as an entrepreneur. I didn't have the fucking lemonade stands. I didn't, you know, do Boy Scouts and all that crazy stuff. I actually didn't know you could be an entrepreneur until I was 40, all right, just for perspective. But I grew up in a very blue collar family. You know, dad was a truck driver. Um, Mom worked in factories. Mom worked for Lee Blue Jean Company. And dad, you know, he retired from Xerox as a technician um, working on copiers and mom retired as a receptionist for an eye doctor. But um, we grew up in a really small town from age six to 11 in Kansas. And I grew up on a 500 acre farm. It wasn't our farm. We were basically hired hands. We rented the house and took care of the pastures, the horses and, and the likes out there. So I was throwing hay bales at the age of nine, nine years old. Um, but I was also the youngest mama's boy, so I didn't have it near as hard as my brothers did. Uh, at the age of 11, uh, darn hard on our luck, my oldest brother actually decided, told mom and dad that it was time for a change, and he foregoed his senior year to help the family move to Texas, where we had other family living. And he finished out a senior year in Texas, but he foregoed all of his income to make sure we could do that. So if it wasn't for my brother helping mom and dad financially, we wouldn't have been able to move out to Texas. But then I moved to Texas. And now I want you to picture this youngest of three boys, hand me down clothes, wire rim glasses, country kid. My closest neighbor in Kansas was over a mile away. And now I'm in the suburbs of Texas, right? where my classroom has 30, 40 kids in it. My entire grade had 40 kids in it when I was in Kansas. So I obviously quickly didn't fit in and no friends, didn't know anything else. So I got a chip on my shoulder really, really quick. Um, school made no damn sense to me. And so, so I struggled tremendously in school and became a shithead through most of that. Um, by the time I got to high school, most of my teachers were passing me on because they literally told me they were going to pass me because they don't want me back the next year. At the age of 18, I graduated high school. Um, I did co-op, if anybody's ever heard of that. So co-op in high school is where you work like, you know, you go to school for like two classes and then you go to work the rest of the time. But right out of high school, went to the Marine Corps. 
did four years in the, the Marine Corps, was a motor team mechanic, which just means I'm a government trained mechanic, which means I don't know shit about turning wrenches on vehicles. Um, and uh, in, got out of there with an honorable discharge in 1999. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was one of the lucky guys. I was in during the Clinton era, so didn't really see shit, but it was a don't ask, don't tell generation. So it was the just a lot of inspections and, and, and whatnot. But when I got out, my best friend and his dad had a heating and air conditioning company. So I went straight to work for them, but I didn't know shit about heating and air conditioning. So I was a grunt. So I was the kid that was climbing up in attics and underneath houses in Texas, 110 degree freaking weather. And it was miserable. I lasted a couple of weeks doing that and went up, was going to quit. And the day I tried to quit, Jerry, who is the owner of the company, my best friend's dad, saw me walking up the lawn and he's like, dude, that's an I'm going to quit face. And I'm like, you damn right. I ain't doing this shit. And he goes, before you quit, you try something for me. I said, Jerry, I'm done. I can't do this. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, but it's not this. He goes, just trust me. Try me. He goes, tomorrow, put on a pair of blue jeans, wear a polo, and I'm going to take you to a neighborhood. And I'm just going to drop you off. And what I want you to do is I want you to go knock on doors. And if you can get somebody to invite me into their home and then you look at their system and we actually fix or do something, I'll pay you a commission for any job we do inside of a house. And I'm like, I'm in. He goes, wait, you got to understand. I'm not paying you anything unless we sell. So I don't care. I don't want to climb in attics. I don't want to climb under houses. I'll figure this shit out. And so that's how I started. And what Jerry would do is he'd put a cooler of water in a neighborhood. He'd drop me off in an area and then he'd take the fuck off. And I would just go knock on doors. And that first week sucked because not a single person would freaking talk to me at all. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Well, the second week or so, Jerry forgot to bring my cooler water. And his words were, well, suck it up, dude. I forgot your water and just figured out. Borrow water off of somebody's house. <laughs> it's like, so now I'm 110 degrees in a polo and fucking blue jeans going door to door trying to figure out how to get. And at this point, nobody's let me in their house. So it gets about noon. It's hot as hell. And I knock on the door. Lady answers her door. And she goes to slam. And I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I said, but I have no water. I said, I have no vehicle to go get water. Can I just get a glass of water? She goes, oh, my God, honey, come in. You know, I get the old Texas Southern bless your heart, right? She comes in, sits down at her table, and she goes, have a glass of water, cool off. But since you're in my house, you might as well tell me what the hell you're doing. And I said, honestly, I have no idea. She goes, what do you mean you have no idea? I said, and I tell her the story. I'm like, Jerry drops me off in her neighborhood and I go knock on freaking doors in hopes that somebody will let me invite Jerry into the house to look at their heating and air conditioning system. And then if we do some job, then he'll pay me money. She goes, oh, we'll call Jerry up. I'm like, what? She's like, call him up. So I called Jerry and I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe this shit. He goes, what? I'm like, she wants you to come to the house. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so Jerry comes, drives to the house and he's flabbergasted. I'm blown away. We ended up doing a little tiny maintenance job. It was like a hundred dollar job, you know, and I, I think I made like five bucks on the deal. Right. But for the rest of that summer, I promise you, I had to pee a lot <laughs> because every house I walked up to, I'm like, I forgot my cooler. <laughs> Can I just get a glass of water? <laughs> they just kept inviting me in the house. So I did that for a number of years. We grew that company from 300,000 to a $3 million company. Uh, then I ended up working for a Fortune 500 Cardinal Health. I got recruited up there to work part of their franchise sales team. 
Um, grew that company from 80 to $100 million, got corporate downsized through a massive buyout. And right around 24, 25 is when I found myself bartending. Uh, and that's where I met my, my wife along the way. So that'll get you to about 25, Lon. Is that good? Yeah, it's really good. You know, I, um, I like to kind of chunk people into, into three different stages of life. And the first is the inheritance phase. And you talked about that. You talked about being a poor farm kid. Although you didn't own the farm, you just lived on the farm. You took care of the farm for the right to live there. And you talked about being the youngest of several. I don't know if you're the youngest of two or 10. Three. But the youngest of three. Um, and that you you inherited um, the need to just figure it out. There wasn't, there wasn't any, there wasn't a platter there for you. There wasn't a um, college tuition there for you. Uh, and you just inherited that. That isn't anything you, you, you had to, that you deserved or, or anything you, you achieved to have. It's just what you inherited. And I think that's such a critical, as, as we all think about where we're at in life, we all came in to where we are with our inheritance. Some of it's really good and you can drop your knees and, and, and give it your, your thanks. And for others, it, it's, it's shit. It was, it was hard. It sucked. Uh, it didn't do anything for them. It made them who they are, but it, it didn't do them any favors. It didn't give them any head start. And that is so, we kind of forget that at some point in our life, but it's our, it's our inheritance. Oh, and by the way, when you get to be this age, you're building an inheritance for the next generation. And I just, that's such an important part. So I love to hear what you inherited. I didn't prep you with that. I just, I just wanted to, to get, to get you there. The second phase is endowment. Now it's your series of decisions that you make that build Donnie. These are, these are the, Hey, when I ask for a glass of water, that, that works, man, there's something to that. I'm going to use that. And these are the, the decisions you make that build you. I'd love to hear about the next 20 years now and kind of as you, as you go through there. And I'd ask you to stop short of the, what you told me when we talked that the phrase someone told you that made you think, sure. all right, hold on. I want you to stop there. And I just kind of yep. want to hear the, okay, this is the yep. professional story. This is where most of the people on this call are going to be. So yeah, no, that's perfect. And, I, and that's a great place to stop the conversation. So um bartending, you know, I met my wife there and bartending is probably the greatest proving ground in the world to learn sales because you get to deal with people at their best and their worst all in the same night, you know? Um, so it's a great proving ground. So I did that for a couple of years, but as I met my wife, I realized it was time to grow up. So um, I quit most of the day nighttime bartending gigs in which I was making two to five grand a night bartending, just to give you an idea. And didn't even understand that at that age that I was making well over a hundred thousand dollars in freaking tips um, just because of the type of bars that I worked in. And I knew I had to go get a big boy job is what I kept telling myself. I, you know, I had to go get a real career again. So I started working daytime shifts and some of my regulars, I, I thought that if I got around some business people, I'd have a better shot at getting back in corporate America. And so picking up some day bartending gigs, I, there was a couple of regulars that came into my bar. Uh, Jane Miranda was the, the most memorable one of the bunch, but um, Jane had gone to this huge printing conference and one of the keynote speakers of this big commercial printing conference said her best salesperson or his best salesperson that he had ever hired was the waiter at his restaurant. And if Jane was here, she'd tell you as soon as she heard that she was coming gunning for me. So, cause she'd heard my story and what I'd done and my sales background and the like. So she came back and she offered me a job to come sell commercial printing. 
And I remember the interview I was going in. I'm like, I'm not taking less than $40,000 a year. Damn it. That's, that's going to be the life that I have. That's going to be my base. That's going to be my floor. 36,000. That's what I was going in. It's like $36,000. That's my base. I can't do less than that. Now, mind you, I already told you I made over $100,000 in tips. I didn't understand it. Um, money was not a thing that I was raised to understand or respect, right? A so rude negotiator there. <laughs> so I freaking go to this interview and I remember I get to the end and I don't know how to do a freaking interview. I'd never done an interview in my life. And, you know, at the end, she goes, Donnie, I'm sorry, I can only pay you $40,000 a year. Now, remember, my number was 36,000. I'm like, holy shit, she's going to pay me 40 in my head. So I know I'm supposed to negotiate, but I'm so flabbergasted that she's going to offer me $40,000 as a draw. And if you don't know what a draw is, it means I don't make, I mean, I get a base kind of pay, but if I don't hit commissions, I lose that base pay, right? And I owe that money back. And so I didn't negotiate. I just said, absolutely, I'm in whatever you need. Um, and then I remember I called my mom and I'm like, hey, mom, I just got a job and I make more money than you. And she goes, you fucking little prick <laughs> in laughing manner. Right. Because now I'm making more money than mom. Um, and I remember I called my uncle, who was the most successful gentleman I, I knew at that point. He was number three in Bank of America, did most of the murders and acquisitions from NCMB and all those. And when I called him and said, hey, I just got back into corporate America, I got a you know, a, a, basically a straight commission sales job. And his words to me were cool. Call me when you get a real job, right? Because he was success. I was blue collar country kid. So I go to work for this company and spend the next seven years building a $6.1 million book of business from zero. Didn't know shit about commercial printing. Didn't know anything about the industry, but that's where I really learned to cut my teeth on networking, how to actually do sales and build business. Uh, some of my biggest accounts were like Mary Kay corporate home Depot, Motorola, Nokia, you know, and the like. So, um, it was a cool experience, but then the 08, 09 years, of course, hit, and it was time to transition to find something new. My wife and I at that point had agreed that it was time to find the next adventure, and I didn't really know what that adventure was going to be, but right at that time, Sandler Training came calling. And uh, some of you may know who Sandler Training is, but it's one of the largest sales training organizations in the world. And it's a franchise setup, and the franchisor locally to me, um, called me up and said, hey, um, I've heard your name mentioned around Fort Worth and the likes. Um, I'd like you to come work for me. I said, dude, I don't have no desire to be a sales trainer. He goes, well, that's fine. I don't need a sales trainer. I just need a sales guy. I'm like, cool. What am I selling? <laughs> he goes, you're going to sell sales training. I'm like, wait, how do you sell sales training? That doesn't make any sense to me. He goes, I teach people how to sell. You're going to go convince companies that I'm the guy to sell, teach them how to sell. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll figure that out. And so I go work for Sandler Training. Um, over a short period of time, I grow his business so fast and so rapidly. Uh, two years in, he goes, Donnie, you can't make any more money. And I said, why can't I make any more money? He goes, because I have no capacity left to train. I said, well, well, if I can't make any more money, then why am I still here? He goes, well, there's options. I said, what are my options? He goes, you're going to have to start training sales. I said, I did told you I didn't want to be a sales trainer. He goes, well, you want to make more money? You learn to train sales. So I became a sales trainer. Um, and that's not something I really wanted to do. But so, which made it even tougher because I'm in straight commission at this point and I can't train if I don't sell. And now all the things I sold in the past, he was training. I'm still getting paid commissions on those, but now I had to go do all my own stuff, right? 
And so most of that business transitioned over to him. And now I had to go build out my own book of business. Well, I worked my way up to partner inside of his franchise because I continued to build the biggest business so strong. And um, it's important to note, I think, at this point of my journey, I had never chose a career. Everything I did at this point was because it was offered to me. I went to the Marine Corps because my oldest brother went to the Marine Corps and it was just the next move. I worked for the HVAC company because my best friend and his dad had a company. I went to St. Louis to work for Cardinal Health because they recruited me and offered me the job. I went to commercial printing because they hired me out from behind the bar. I went to Sandler training because they came gunning for me. Never once on my journey did I go, hey, what the hell do I want to be when I grow up? What do I want to learn? I just continually kept taking the things in front of me. So I worked my way all the way up to partner of the Sandler franchise. And I was going to buy out this franchise and Sandler training was going to be my in-game retirement plan. And I really thought that's where I was going to finish the rest of my career. And I'll kick it back to you, Lon. So, I mean, this is, this is gold, man. I mean, um, I think so many of us can go back and think of where we are, where we are in our journey. And, and like I said, if you're here, you're here because you're curious about something. And that something is you're doing something that is good and fine and paying the bills, but is this it? That's kind of the root of the question that, that as people come into my life, it's like, well, is this it? I mean, it's not bad. Sometimes it is, but usually it's, this isn't bad, but is this, is this it? And we get there and we get to that point because we just took what was next. We chased what was next. You talk about following your brother in the Marine Corps. You talked about somebody recruiting you out of a bar and putting you into a position where you could be successful. And you were, and that led, that led you down a path, one that you went down because somebody asked you to do it. And then every time they asked you to do it, they were doing, yeah, sure, they were looking out for you, but they were also looking out for themselves along the way. And I remember when, when, we, when we talked there, again, this is only the second time Donnie and I have talked. And then after we talked, uh, he published his book and I bought it. And then I saw what he told me in his book. And it makes perfect sense. And I'm going to kick it back to you now, Donnie. Um, and I want to say one more thing quick, kind of off, off this. I owe everyone on here an apology because here's what's going to happen. I scheduled this Zoom on my wrong Zoom account. So in about well, 40 minutes after, it's going to boot us off instead of my business account. So when it does, log back in. And I'm sorry. It's just what, how it's going to work. We're going to go until we drop. We're going to need more than the 40 minutes. Then just log back in. So my apologies for that. Donnie, back to you. All good, brother. So um, Sandler training was going to be my retirement plan, right? That was going to be the thing. I was making great money. I had bought my dream farm and got back to the farming life. My wife had never been farmer um, and she wanted land and, and, and all that. So we actually found a farm with an old Victorian house on it, which is what we want. I built a second house for my mother-in-law on the farm so I could take care of her in, in the long time. So this portion of my story is tough. So, all right. So, um, me and my business partner, I'll get it all together in a second. Me and my business partner, we are going out to dinner and we're celebrating all the successes, all the things we built. 
And we were getting ready to talk about the succession plan, me buying him out and taking over his business. It was going to be a multi-million dollar deal over a five, six year buyout. And he was going to work until I'd fully transitioned everything over to me. And so we go out to dinner. And during this dinner, he says a phrase to me that forever changed my life. And what he says to me was, Donnie, thank God you're my retirement plan. Now, truthfully, he says it out of love. I love working for the guy. Truly, truly did. And I replied instantly, it's been my honor. After that dinner, I sat in my truck and I looked in the rearview mirror and I said, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're literally somebody else's fucking retirement plan. I looked over my entire life and I'd always been somebody else's fucking retirement plan. I looked at all the millions of dollars I sold. And then I looked at what they kept and what I kept. It was a massive fucking difference. And then I gave myself an ultimatum. And I said, dude, you either get okay with this life you're currently living. And you come to terms that this is good as it gets, and you'd be okay with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you get in the game and you finally fucking bet on yourself. 15 days later, I walked away from it all. Within 24 hours, two attorneys show up on my farm and serve me my international non-compete papers. Only thing I know in life at this point is sales. Only thing I know. And now I'm being told I can't talk about sales, business development, sales training, sales management, nothing. So I call my attorney up and I said, let's fight it. I'm in Texas. Non-competes won't hold. And they're like, you're right. We can fight the shit out of this. And they're like, how much money are you willing to lose to win this battle? I'm like, guys, sales is all I know. If I can't talk sales, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Found out it was going to cost me about a half a million dollars to battle and beat them. And it wasn't my business partner. It was Sandler Corporate that was coming after me. So I made the choice to come out as a success coach. And I promise you to this day, I have no fucking clue what a success coach is. But it's obviously some sort of damn business whore that just says yes to any sort of fucking work that comes my way. I was doing video editing, graphic editing, half-ass coaching, throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars at this business, trying to figure out how to make this business work. Well, six months of doing this. I stood on the back porch of my farm, looked at my wife, And said, babe, we're about to lose everything. 
My mortgage was three months behind. Her Jeep got repossessed. I wasn't holding up my end of the bargain. She had to go in Monday morning, cash in her fucking 401k to save the farm. Okay? She only said one phrase to me. Get off your ass and go sell something. And what I realized growing up is in my entire journey, I never saw the fucking CEOs of the companies I worked for. The only time I saw the fucking CEOs is when I brought in a multi-million dollar account or we were losing a multi-million dollar company. I had no fucking clue how to be a business owner. And I was proving it. How much further you want me to go along? Because you want me to go to where I am now? No, I want to, I want to just interject a couple of things. Um, so Donnie, thanks for sharing this, man. Um, yeah. I love sharing uh, the story. It's tough, I, but I yeah. love sharing. It, it's really cool. Um, so you tell the story um, in your book and it's a short book. It's 80 pages. You can read, he actually quotes the conversation that he was <sighs> told that he had with his wife. I'm not going to read that, but you say something right after that. For me, for me, it's the, it's the best lines in the book. Uh, and, and they're, they're going to be random because you talk about building your business and how hard it is and the, the knife fight and the clawing and, and all those things. And you say, um, nobody tells you that along the way to building your business, you're going to meet yourself. You'll take a hard look in the mirror and you'll know if you gave it your all. Well, to me, dog, that's, that's the normal 40. I mean, we're all looking ourselves in the mirror. We're staring at each other on this screen. We walk to, we go to work on Monday morning and leave Friday and we've got that pit in our gut on Sunday night. That's the, that, that is the decision to, to go chase, do change. And by the way, it doesn't mean, it does not necessarily mean to leave the job you're in. It means do what Donnie did. Decide what it is you want. And, and as easy as that is to, sa- to say, it sounds like a throwaway phrase. What do you want? But every time I ask a dude, when I have a call like this and I'm on a call with a dude and, I'm, and we have this wonderful conversation, they tell me about growing up and their, their inheritance and, and uh, all of those things. And I say, all right, man, what do you want? Plank stare. And I know that because I did the same thing with my coach when they did me the same thing to me. He's like, all right, you got all these things. What do you want? Shit, I don't know. I've never, I've never stopped to think about that. The point is you might want to continue to keep doing exactly what you're doing, but be intentional about it. When you get to this stage in your life, you've got options if you decide to take them, but you got to decide to take them uh, and be intentional about it. Cause you don't want to get to 60, 70, 80 years old and say, son of a bitch. I thought about this when I was 41 or 31 or 48 or 58, and I didn't do it. That is shit you regret. And the whole point of normal 40s, don't be that guy. Be Donnie. Take the risk, take the flight. So, dude, in this whole book, those are my favorite lines. <laughs> Along the way, you're going to meet yourself. And that matters. Maybe it's time for y'all to meet yourselves. It's, a, it's a quite the introduction. Uh, and, and I want to speak to that in particularly and how building a business did it for me. As an employee, excuses were fucking easy. Right. I could blame everybody else. 
My sales were down, marketing sucked. My sales were down, the economy sucked. My sales were down, too much competition, right? It was so easy. And they were justifiable excuses. They sounded fucking real in my head. But when you own a business, there's nobody left to blame. Right? Yeah, like when you when you hose up your Zoom call, you just put it on your personal account, and then you get all these people showing up and ask them to they're going to get kicked. Yeah, there's nobody to blame. Yeah, they're going to get kicked out in seven minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. So yep. get ready to do the leap, guys. There is nobody to blame on this call except this cat. And I love this this conversation so good. Now it's going to end in seven minutes. Get yeah, but I promise you guys, me. if you come back for this the the second half of this. I will completely unleash and give you guys some fucking solid gems. And I got a ton of giveaways and gifts for you too. Okay. That won't cost you a fucking dime. Um, All right. Well, I'm glad you can see the little countdown. We really have seven yeah. minutes till seven we get minutes. Booted, Then we'll be yep. back in. Yep. So, so here's the thing that, that really solidified my journey for me is when I got to that dark moment with my wife and God love her. She stood by me through all the shit. Um, and I'm going to write the, my next book is going to be the shit my wife said that actually saved my life. Um, but freaking when I got to that dark moment and everything was bleak, I remember the day I went in and I was shaving, getting ready for the day. And I looked up and I couldn't look myself in the mirror. Because I instantly knew that if I did, I would not like the motherfucker looking back at me. Because I had never lived life on my fucking terms. And now I was trying and I was failing miserably. And I forced myself to look up and to really meet myself in the eyes. And I realized I did not love the dude looking back at me. And that was a tough fucking moment. Because I had to start exploring. Why not? That journey of self-discovery is probably the most important pivotal moment of everything I've done. Because the moment you can look up in one mirror, meet yourself fucking eye to eye. And go, that's a good fucking dude. I fucking love that guy. I'm proud of that guy. Is the most transformational experience in the world. Why? Because the fucking mirror never lies. It knows every secret. It knows every doubt. It knows everything you've tried to fucking screw around on everything you tried to game shortcut it knows every freaking thing and if you can't look at that mirror and go i'm proud of you that's where you need to get to work on the most why not what aren't you proud of you discover that out and you get to work on that thing holy shit it's monumental now, for me, it took fucking damn near almost losing everything I got. I don't think it takes that for everybody. But I will tell you, the older you get, the more it takes that to make it happen. Because we all build this life that's fucking just comfortable. We build this life that's just fucking good enough. We build this life that we're okay with where we're at. <laughs> 
But if we're honest with ourselves, most of us know we were put here for a hell of a lot more. We just haven't bet on ourselves. So, One of the, go ahead. Well, I, this, is a, this is a point I, I want to make here. I've got, I've got a group, most of the people here in the group, uh, Normal 40 Men in Midlife. And most of them ans have answered, I sent out a series of questions that I started somewhat later in the process. But one of the questions is, are the best years of your life, uh, the five questions. One is, um, will you, do you intend to still be where, who you're working for, working where you're at, who you're working for in five years? And by and large, the answer is no. Scale of one to five, one being no way, five being for sure. Um, and another question is, are the best years of your life in front of you or behind you? And the answer's off the charts in front. Um, and then another question is, do you have any idea, one to five, if you know what it is that you want to do in the next 40 years of your life? And the answers are, I really have no idea. So if you just, if you just listen to that, I know I don't want to be here. I know I've got more to give somewhere. I'm, there's, there's more in me. <laughs> but I don't know what it is and I don't know how to deploy it. And, and I think it's so healthy to have a group like this. The whole, in, the whole purpose of that group that, that brought you here, Donnie, the reason you're here is to help that group figure out, take the moment to look the person in the mirror and answer the question, what do you want? And then put together a plan to go get it. And, and I think what we think about, you talked about being comfortable. I call it autopilot. As a pilot, I know you get up there, you've done all the work, you've done the pre-flight, you're out of sequence, you're flying, you hit some buttons, autopilot. By the way, that's where I always wanted to be. When I was in the hangar waiting to take off, where did I want to be? At cruise on autopilot. Well, then when I get there, it's like, well, shit, this isn't flying. It, I'm, it's sitting. It's doing nothing. Uh, and uh, in, at some point, something wakes up in you. You have that awakening and you realize, I got to go, I got to figure this out. And that's exactly what, uh, what Donnie's talking about was staring, staring the individual in the face. We'd talked for about 35, 40 minutes and you really did give me some nuggets, man. And I'd imagine that's probably what you're going to, uh, where we're going to roll to pretty quick. Um, but that it took you maybe four seconds to say, yes, let's hop on a call. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I said, Hey, let's, I, I do this thing called office hours. You're like, yeah, dog, I'm in on that. So uh, that's just kind of the kind of dude you are. And I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Well, um, you know, just to kind of give you an idea of, of where I am now, guys, and, and where this journey is taking me, um, you know, uh, I found podcasting in May of 2018. And podcasting, in some regards, what saved my business. Because um, up to that point, I had no idea how to be a business owner. Um, I had no idea how to do this thing called running a business. Um, but my podcast took off really fast because I was interviewing people to try and hear their stories. And I was starting to get some of the biggest names in the world on my show. And I quickly realized I couldn't have a shit show of a process by interviewing these really cool people. So podcasting is where I really learned how to do operations and hiring and build systems and, and the likes. And within five months of launching my first podcast, and everybody always asks, what's the name of the show? It's called Success Champions. I haven't produced anything on it in 10 months, um, but it still gets 25 to 30,000 downloads a month on it. Um, but 
you know, and within five months, that podcast was number 22 in the world. And so it was sitting next to the Gary V's, the Tim Ferris's, the Tony Robbins, you know, and the likes. So September of 2018, my non-compete comes up. And now I've got all this momentum of fucking podcasting behind me. And now I can talk sales. It was kind of like I'll hold my beer and watch this moment. Because flash forward to where we are now, and I operate three companies. I've still two of the top podcasts in the world, five best-selling books and a partridge in a pear tree. But if you want to go listen to a badass podcast, that's just a lot of fun to produce. Go listen to growth mode. It's a top 200 podcast in I think 17 countries right now um, and continues to grow. Um, And I love sharing my story because there's a lot of people on their fucking journeys that, you know, they're have lived life in almost a zombie-like autopilot state. I like that. We'll go with that. Um, You know, almost like they've been a fucking zombie. And they're constantly... And look, my goal in life is not to be a motivational speaker, not to inspire you to do something better. My goal in life is to share my story. And fucking something resonates with you, use it. Don't sit in a moment like this when somebody's fucking pouring their damn soul and heart out for you and and not fucking do something with it. We only get one shot in this fucking rock. And, you know, it's your choice. But I'll I'll give you the same fucking choice that I gave me. Either get good with the life you're living and stop daydreaming because that daydreaming is eating your fucking soul. You're wishing for this fucking life to be amazing. You're wishing for everything to be fucking awesome. You're wishing for all this cool shit. But if you're not going to get in the game and put in the fucking work and do the things it's actually going to take to get you there, then turn off the noise because you're going to make yourself fucking miserable. But if you're going to try and get in the game, then the you that is you right now got you here. That same person isn't going to be the person that fucking allows you to chase your damn dreams. You're going to have to go choose the hard shit. You're going to have to go get punched in the fucking face and then get up and go another fucking round. Because I can promise you, there is no shortcut. There is no trick, no hack, no 10 steps that's going to allow you to figure out who the fuck you need to become to get where you want to go, but you got to evolve, which means you have got to force yourself to do the shit that scares the absolutely pure piss out of you. Cause I promise you if chasing your dreams doesn't scare you, it's not the right fucking dream. The second thing I can promise you is in chasing those dreams, all those things that pop up in your fucking head that scare you to do, that's the universe saying, motherfucker, go that direction. There was an old stand-up arcade game called Dragonlance. Anybody remember the old stand-up arcades? I see some old gray-haired fuckers in here like me, so we're good, right? Dragonlance was this game where you played a knight, just a center control and like one button on the freaking console, right? And you battled these fucking dragons. And what would happen is a light would flash on the fucking screen. 
and your job was to slam that fucking controller as hard as you could at that light. And if you got the timing right, your knight stepped out of the way and you could slay this fucking dragon. I sucked at this game. It's horrible at it. But I think it's the best example about actually trying to go for it in life. Because every time you think about chasing your dreams and some sort of fear pops up, some sort of I can't do it, not good enough, whatever the fuck that thing is. That's the universe saying, hey, fucker, that's the direction you need to go. And that's the moment you've got to slam everything you've got straight the fuck at that thing. Or otherwise, turn off the daydreaming because you're about to get eaten by a fucking dragon. Back to you, Lon, and we can do Q&A or whatever. So let's do that. Let's, uh, I'd be curious to know if, if you have, if you have a question for Donnie and if not I'm just gonna I'm just gonna launch into a, a bunch of them um, but if you got a question for Donnie let's just try the honor system we'll try to do one at a time just come off mute I'm gonna be quiet in four seconds and uh, just ask your question and if it gets a bunch of questions fucking just use the hand raising mechanism that makes it really really really, really easy yeah so in the chat just put a one and I'll call on you that way and I promise you the most ballsy people that ask a question first are the ones are gonna have the biggest impacts in changing their own personal life all right. There it is. See, that works every fucking time. Go ahead, it John. Does. It does. <laughs> Real quick. So uh, I bought this. I got oh, it yesterday. You. I got it yesterday. I've only read the intro. Uh, but I appreciate uh, Lon setting this up. Um, Real quick. Uh, I took the jump back last August. Um, so Welcome I, to the shit show. Yeah. Solo. So what would you call it, Lon? Solopreneur. Solopreneur, solo, boss. Yeah. Solopreneur. So yeah. Uh, selling medical device. Anyway. Um, how long did it take you to make in a month what you made at your whatever ID, your peak income, right? Or, or your, your previous. Do you income. want the real answer to that? I know what my answer is. I'm curious. I mean, People fail. People take longer. Some two know, and a half years. Two and a half years. Two and a half years to get back to, and I'm still, I'm close to the most money I've ever made. But the I, the year I closed the Mary Kay account doing commercial printing was my second best year. My best year ever. I closed a deal that was four thousand salespeople with Sandler Training. Wow. Let's just say that year had some zeros with it. Sure. Right. That's so I'm awesome. not back to that. But yeah, two and a half years until I was living the lifestyle that my wife and I could enjoy again. Got it. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So, John, I'm not that far ahead of you. I'm, I, I cut ties in February and I can tell you I'm nowhere close. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I didn't I don't. That isn't my goal. Right. When, when you go in, I, one of the barriers that you have on, okay, I'm comfortable on autopilot. One of the very first questions I get from people is, well, how did you know it was time? That's an easy one. We've been talking about that for the last hour. But how do you know you have enough? And what they mean is, how do you know you've saved enough and that you'll be okay and that you can make your mortgage? And, and if, you, if you spend too much time wondering if you've got enough, you're going to spend all the time you've got wondering if you've got enough, right? Until you're 70 years old. Um, so I, I, I would imagine it'll take me two and a half years. I'm probably right where Donnie is. I don't, I know I won't get it this year. It'd be a miracle if I did it next year. 
Um, and I'm so cool with that because what I don't want to do is rush to make money because then I'm doing things like Donnie did when he first got started, just doing shit I don't really want to do to, to feel like I've, I'm making enough. And I'm being really intentional on exactly what I want to do, exactly what I want to do, uh, when I want to do it, and exactly who I want to do it with. And that takes time. That takes time. To Donnie did it when he was doing a podcast and he did it because he was forced to. That all takes time. <clears throat> so um, uh, I would like to answer that, that question in two and a half years. And to add to that, John, the biggest thing I can tell you is turn off everybody. Yep. Because there's going to be so many people that are like, you need to do this thing. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. Turn off all the noise because the number one thing that really fucked me in that first year, other than I couldn't talk about sales was all the people trying to tell me how to build a business. And so it forces you to go in so many different directions because you're doing all these things because, well, there's obviously successful. No, they're just trying to sell you the shit. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Questions. Okay. But um, so, so I would tell you to go do something and fuck that thing up, then go find the answer to how to do that. Right. Don't go, how do I do X? Go try it, put the effort energy into it. And then once you get questions, you know, from trying that thing, then go look for answers. But if you look for answers before you've even tried it, everything you're going to hear is going to be theory because you don't have the practical application to figure out that answer is actually going to work for you. Absolutely. And the other thing that I would say to piggyback on that is keep your eyes open and your ears open because what you go into an account to try to sell, they may not need, but you can go find something else that they do need. For sure. You know, and I'm not, I'm not even selling the same things I sold in month two that I'm selling now in month nine. Oh, and by right? the time you get to year four or so, yeah. you'll finally figure out what the fuck, or maybe two years, you'll finally figure out what the fuck your business actually is. Exactly. So, you know, day one, I walk in, I got, I got surgical instrument companies that I can sell for. So I go into my account, my, you know, my good account from a previous job. I know we're good on surgical instruments, but do you fix scopes? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, especially in those first years. <laughs> damn right, the answer is yes. <laughs> so you go find a guy that can fix the scope and you bring it back repair. Well, do you fix X, Y, Z? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So when I said early on I was a business whore, that's 100% what I meant. Can you? Absolutely. Yes. One, just to hop on this, and then we've got a few questions in the queue. A couple things. So Donnie has a book. You saw John hold it up. When Donnie launched this, it, we talked, then he launched it like the next week and he, he sent me a text. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy it right now. I go to buy it. It's $3 and 99 cents. So I buy it and I text Donnie. I'm like, dude, I'd have paid a hell of a lot more for this book. What are you doing? Charging four bucks. He's like, I just want people to know what I know. And I want them to have it for as, as free as I can get it to them. I got to cover my expenses. So dude's legit. It's the best four bucks you're going to spend. You'll have it. If you order it today, you'll have it by tomorrow at five. That's how it works for me. And, and I'll make you, I'll, I'll even sweeten that deal. If anybody on this call goes and buys 10 paperback versions, sends me the receipts, you're talking $40. I will send you my personal Calendly link and I will jump on and give you an hour of my time to help you fix, work on, do whatever you need. Just send me the receipt. Go buy 40, you'll go buy 10 of them, 40 bucks. 
and I will give you my calendar link and, you know, help you work on whatever the fuck you want to work on. It's my favorite thing in the world to do anyways. Awesome. Very cool, man. Um, okay. So Amanda Stern, your floor. Yeah. So I want to know, since you said work on, how did you work on your mindset? What, what did a normal routine look like for you to get yourself geared up to be successful? Um, suicidal, not like I wanted to kill myself, but the pace was insane. So I thought I worked hard as an employee. <laughs> Build a business and you're going to realize what real work is, right? Because you got to do everything. So for me, I had to mentally get to a place. I, I had, and I start the book off this way of me sitting down with a friend of mine and I was telling him about my business and he's like, dude, you don't have a business. You build a shitty job for yourself. And it blew me the fuck away because what I realized is I didn't know how a CEO thought, right? I didn't know what a CEO did. So that drive home, I, all I tried to do is figure out, okay, what does a CEO think about? How does a CEO manage their time? How does a CEO work? And these are all questions I, I didn't know the answer to. So I had to start learning and changing my perspective. And one of the most fascinating evolutions I had to come to is a CEO never thinks in how. They always think in who. Who can do this for me? And one of the most fascinating things I did in my business, and I'm sure that you can do this in other applications in your life, but I wrote down every task I was doing in my business because I was just overwhelmed. So much shit going on. And I wrote down every task down to taking out the freaking trash. And I wrote that all on one side of the sheet of paper. I drew a line to the right of that. So I had basically two columns, all the task, blank space over here to the right. Above that column to the right, I wrote this phrase. Would Steve Jobs do this task? You want to figure out how to build a business? Do that because you're going to realize you're doing a lot of stupid shit you should not be doing. And people are like, I'm a solopreneur, but I got to do it. Fuck off. There's so many people out there that are desperate for the knowledge you have in your head that geek out on the shit you need to help with. Go find them and trade them for their fucking services. Like the first person I ever hired was a guy to help me with the fucking podcast. He actually showed up to one of my speeches with a camera. He goes, dude, I love your podcast. I just want to film you speaking. You good with that? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you okay if I edit it and I turn it into something and give it back to you and use it on social? I'm like, fuck, yes, I am. Right. And then afterwards, he's like, what else can I do for you? I'm like, can you edit podcasts? He's like, I have no fucking idea. He's like, I just want to be around you. I'm like, well, fucking edit my podcast. He goes, okay. I said, do you know how to sell? He goes, fuck no. I said, why don't I teach you to sell? You edit my podcast. He's like, done. Right? There's so many people that want to help you. Start thinking more in who than how. And that was the biggest evolution for me as a business owner. That's awesome. Thanks, Amanda. Larry Voles, you're up, dog. Yeah. You're Thanks. a guy I've been waiting to meet a long time, by the way. You and I, we got we to gotta connect one of these days. We got to connect, no doubt. So anyway, appreciate Don. This is amazing. Um, and uh, I'm going to make that connection on here. John Flynn, reach out to me afterwards. Let's talk. <clears throat> um, anyway, uh, question I have for you is, you know, I think all the discussion around 
you know, uh, not listening to those around you and, and just taking the leap. How, because I think so much of this is around our personal growth and around doing what's right for our families and for our loved ones, right? How do you, how do you tell your family, hey, dad's quitting his job today. Mom's <laughs> quitting his job today. And, uh, you know, it may not work. And uh, we might go to that little tiny house and uh, you're going to be sharing rooms with your brothers and sisters. But, uh, but you got to have faith in me because this is something I got to do. And, uh, you know, I've, I've brought this sort of to my family a bit and, and I get the look in their eyes like, uh, are you serious, dad? And uh, so, so anyway, I, no, I love it. I love it. It's a great question. <laughs> my final answer, you're not going to like just before one to that. Okay. So when I decided to leave corporate America and launch my jobs, it was 15 days from when I made the announcement to my business partner that I was out and then I left. That drive home was the most scariest drive I've ever had. Why? One, I realized I had no income coming in. Right? Even when I was doing non-commissioned sales, I mean, it's commission-only sales, there's usually some sort of draw, something coming along with it, right? So there was, you were going to get money, even if you, you may have to pay it back if you didn't hit your numbers, but whatever. But that wasn't what really scared me. I had to drive home and tell my wife what I just did. This was 15 days after I'd made the announcement. And I walked in that door. And as soon as I walked in, my wife was just like, oh, what happened? Right? She knew instantly something was up. And I said, babe, I got to tell you, I walked away. She goes, what does that mean? I said, I walked away from the job. And they, I mean, I, the story's in the book and you can read it in there. And her words to me were, don't fuck it up. My answer, Lawrence, you're not going to like. But I, and I'll, I'll tell it in the story so I don't direct it just, just in front of you. I had a gentleman sit across me one time. He said, Donnie, I can't go start my own business. I've got three kids. I've got a mortgage. I've got vehicles. We've built a lifestyle. I can't do what you did. I won't use his name. So I'll, I'll insert Mike. And I said, Mike, don't ever. Blame your family and the lifestyle you built on your inability to chase your own dreams. That's bullshit. You're using them as an excuse. And he looked at me and he goes, then it's an excuse I'm going to have to live with. And I said, that's good, Matt. You live with that. That's your choice. But I want to understand, I want you to understand that is a choice. And as long as you're good with that choice, fucking gravy. But here's the thing. This is the part you're really not going to like. If you don't make the leap, are you being the guy your kids want to look up to because they had the courage to chase their own fucking dreams? Or you, do you want to teach them to just put your head down and maintain a lifestyle? Be the guy that says, fuck it, I'm going all in on me. It's going to suck. It's going to be the hardest fucking thing you ever do. You're going to get punched so hard in the face doing this. And you're going to want to throw in the towel at some point, I promise you. But the motherfuckers who find success and find themselves in life are the ones crazy enough to keep going when everybody else would quit. 
And that's how you build a business. So I'm going to challenge you to listen to your own heart, soul, and thoughts. But motherfucker, get in the game. Don't, don't let the lifestyle you've built prevent you for becoming who you can actually become. And I'll leave it there because I'll All keep right. harping on this. All right. Well said. Thanks, Donnie. Absolutely, brother. Thanks, Larry, man. All right. Andy, what do you got, Doug? Question maybe similar um, along the lines to what Lawrence is asking, but you know, I take for granted that my wife will stick with me because she has. Um, but you know, one of the things I'm finding, and I'm curious about your experience, is you know, you build a professional network, you build a set of friends, you know, people you think are in your corner, they're gonna support <laughs> you. But Ulysses Grant's got a great quote about you know, the people who are with you in prosperity versus adversity. What was your experience with finding people that once you start to fail a little bit, all of a sudden they're not there for you anymore? I'm just kind of curious what that's like. Um, it's it's not that they're not there for you. It was it was a really weird experience for me. Is they see their lack of going for life just comes to the forefront because they wish they had the balls to do what you're doing. So it's not that they're shunning you, looking down on you or making fun of you or feeling bad. They just don't have the courage to do it for themselves. So they feel little. They feel small. And I can tell you, one of my closest friends, the day I told him, and me and this guy had been on family trips, done millions of dollars in business together. When I told him, he's like, what? How the fuck are you going to make money? What are you going to do? I could never do that. And I was like, what do you mean? Dude, you, you're like a beast. You know, you're making more money than I am. You're like, he's like, I couldn't do that. And, and what I instantly realized is I brought his biggest fears to the surface. He wasn't shocked for me to do it. He instantly saw himself in my role and realized that he pardon the expression on how else to say it wasn't man enough to actually do it. So what I ultimately came to realize is almost everybody from my past life had never been an entrepreneur. So nobody fucking understood it. And the best advice I can give you is when you make the leap with all your friends, only share the good shit. Because if you share the hard times, if you share the fuck ups, what you're going to hear is, why would you put yourself through that? Why don't you just go back and get a job? What the hell are you thinking? Why would anybody make themselves that miserable? Because it's their own fears coming at you. But when you sit across from these people and they're like, how's it going? Tell them the small wins. Man, I landed a client. Or we just got the website set up. Man, I just got my business cards in. Share the good shit because you're living and doing what, wish, what they wish they had the courage to do. And so they're living vicariously through you. One thought kept me fucking rocking during this moment. And it's a great thought. 
if I fail and I throw in the fucking towel, I prove their fears right. Because if Donnie can't fucking do it, well, fuck, I can't do it. That's a hell of a fucking motivator. Because fuck you. I'm not going to be the reason somebody else doesn't chase their fucking dreams. I hope that helps, bud. Donnie, this has been absolutely spectacular. I'm going to point out one other thing that, that, that you put in the book that I underlined. And you, you kind of highlighted some of the, some of the excuses uh, in, a, in a chapter you have so poetically uh, titled, Fuck Your Excuses. And uh, the fourth one is the one, it, it's just so simple that, and people don't take the chance to do it. We're doing it here. And it's find somebody who's done it. Whatever you have in you, whatever, it'll be different for every one of you. Some of you want to take your skills that you've been working for the last 20 years and create something that's your own. Some of you want to transition completely out of that and do you something completely different. No matter what it is, there are probably people on this very call. And if not, there's people in the network that you're part of in the normal 40 network. Just put a post out there. That's what it's there for. Contact me, whatever. But find somebody who's done it before. Somebody will just tell you to help you help you through the process. I mean, if you find if you found what you just the hour and 20 minutes you just spent with Donnie, a dude who's done it before and me who's years behind him, but a dude who's in process of doing it. And John, who's just a few months ahead of me, if 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 there's help there, you can find it for free if you just ask for it. Um, and uh, and that's really important. Just ask for it. It's amazing what a what a uh, cup of coffee will will get you in life. If you, if you just take the time to ask for it. And I want to add to that really quick, guys. If you do make the leap and launch your own company or you're in the throes of building your business, do not make yourself a fucking island. Because that's what I did. I didn't want anybody to know how bad it got. Um, you're very welcome, Ben. Ryan, you're very welcome. Um, you know, don't make yourself a fucking island, especially you fucking guys, because we're dudes. We don't ask for fucking help. Get over your own fucking ego. Because everybody who's built a goddamn business knows how hard this shit is, right? Get around the people that when you're going through the shit, don't crawl in misery with you. Like, if you get around people and you're like, dude, business is kicking my ass, and they instantly start going, yeah, dude, my family sucks, life sucks, the economy sucks, remove those people from your fucking life. And get around the people that when you start saying, dude, my business sucks, it's kicking my ass. They're like, cool. What the fuck are you going to do with it now? What's next? What's round two? Let's go. Because those same people, when you start winning, are going to go, fuck yeah, dude. Well done. Those Eeyore motherfuckers that are going to be complaining bitch about my life. When you start winning, they're going to go. But man, let me tell you about what I've won. Let me tell you what I need to do. Why isn't this shit working for me? Because misery loves fucking company. And if they can make your life fucking miserable, their shithole of a fucking journey feels better to them. So get around motherfuckers that will cheer you on when life is fucking fantastic and will kick you square in the ass when you're in your fucking your state of mind and kicking your own ass. I love your poetry, dog. 
I got to wear these because I got a 10 year old around the house. So I, you know, <laughs> get a moderated a little bit. Okay. But, well, uh, is, is it Cecily? That would be a lot of fucking alcohol, just so you know. I'm glad we didn't do that today. Otherwise, I would would not be driving home. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, funny. Well, Donnie, is there any any closing words from your uh, from your chair? Uh, only thing I would tell you is if you guys uh, haven't seen or heard about, it, we have the Badass Business Summit coming up September 22nd through the 24th here in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, it's three days, um, phenomenal speakers. It's all about. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Um, that's all about building and growing your business and yourself. So it's phenomenal networking. Um, this isn't a pitch fest type of event. You're going to actually, the speakers will be sitting in the audience with you because they're learning and growing right alongside of you. It's tremendous networking, um, a lot of fun, three days. Tickets are 197 bucks. A hotel is like 125 bucks a night. This is an inexpensive event in September. Um, I think there's like one or two VIP tickets left. Um, and those are 397. Um, and those get some private sessions with me and some of my team, but, uh, it is a killer, killer environment, um, that you will learn a lot. And the, the whole summit around the idea of actually working on your business. This isn't where you come and take a shit ton of notes, then get back and go, what the fuck did I just write down? This is where you're, there's sessions built around. We're like, okay. Let's pull out your marketing. Now let's build your fucking automations. Let's build your marketing stuff. Let's do it and build it right there in the moment. So you're not dicking around trying to figure out what the fuck somebody said later, right? This is tactical. This is let's get in the game. Um, and a lot of the people last year said it was the best business conference they've ever been to because we pour into you guys. So uh, badassbusinesssummit.com. Just go check it out. We'd love to see you guys there. And truthfully, if I can ever be of any help, assistance, if I can do anything for you, make sure we connect on LinkedIn. It's the easiest way to get to me. Fucking send me a DM. Ask me questions. I really don't mind. Um, uh, I the People ask me oftentimes, and when you read the book, hopefully you see it. I give it all away. I teach every fucking thing that I've done. And the reason I do it is because I wish somebody would have done it for me. Right. I mean, because as I was going through the shit, man, all I kept hearing was motherfuckers saying, start a business. It's going to, you know, you can be freedom. You can work whatever fucking hours you want to work. Nobody was saying, dude, this shit's fucking hard. This is a lot of fucking work. And I really wish somebody would have said, hey, Donnie, you got this, dude. Here's a couple of things you should try. Right. Here's a couple of things you can deploy. Nobody just wanted me to sell me their, their shit. Right. They wanted to sell me some course or some funnel or some fucking marketing scheme. Right. Um, uh, there'll be Jim to answer that question very specifically. Uh, they'll be talked about directly, but every tool you can get, excluding Entreport, which is a program we use on the back end of ours, will be tools that are usually free or readily easily available that you'll be able to use. But Entreport's our entire uh, automation system that runs the whole operational back end of our company. And Kevin will be there teaching uh, how to build out your email automation sequence. Kevin's my COO. Um, who teaches all this stuff, but he'll be teaching like your email marketing sequences and stuff that you can use with any fucking software. So you'll write the emails during his workshop, right? So it's not like, hey, here's your template, go apply. No, no, no. You're going to write the emails during the workshop so you actually have them 
And if your laptop's there, fucking plug them into your whatever system you use and get them rocking. You know, that's how we design the whole thing. So this isn't, you know, um, an entreport. Just if you were to look at it, you really need somebody else outside your company that's good at it. I don't work for entreport. I don't have any affiliate fees or anything with them. Um, but it's an amazing program. But you can do it with, I mean, if you're just starting out, you can do it with shit like MailChimp and, and the likes. You can do it yourself um, to keep it simple and keep your cost down. Because entreport's like 350 bucks a month. Where like a MailChimp program is like 20 bucks a month or some shit. So hope that answers your question. Um, but, um, you know, freaking find people that are willing to teach your knowledge and just give you everything they got. Anybody that wants to put you in some sort of fucking webinar or some sort of fucking masterclass or anything else, all they give a shit about is trying to sell you their shit. And if you ever jump on a Zoom and you can't do this, where you can interact, DM people, network, and everything else, leave instantly because it's nothing but a fucking pitch, right? They're going to spend all their time fucking wowing you with their fucking story and how amazing and awesome they are. And you're going to get one nugget that you're like, oh my God, that's a fucking nugget at the end. And then they're going to hit you with some sort of fucking offer, right? Find people that will actually just share their fucking knowledge and story and learn from them. Awesome. Donnie, man, this has been spectacular, dog. Thanks, bro. Um, this has been the best turnout we've had for, for office hours, and it's obvious why. We actually didn't lose one person when we asked them to leave and come back. That's awesome. Which is, which is a testament to you, boss. Um, thanks for doing what you're doing. I will. Uh, the question was asked. I'm going to clean this up a little bit. I will put the video out there um, so that you can, you can listen to this later. Um, and I will also put a link to the Badass Business Summit on there. And do friend Donnie, do follow him on LinkedIn. He posts about this stuff. He puts nuggets out almost daily. And so be sure you're, you're following this, this cat. He's a, he's a dude to know. And Donnie, thanks for your friendship, man. Oh, really awesome. Bro. It, boss. Uh, thanks for I'm inviting I'm going to come visit in. your farm someday. Uh, and we'll this make is your invite happen. to mine. Brilliant. And I will tell you guys, the coolest thing you can do for Lon, so he can continue to bring in speakers like me and just other cool people that are doing awesome stuff, is share this group out with other people that are trying to figure this journey, this path, this moment out is, you know, having my podcast, I can tell you the toughest thing in the world is growing your audience and getting people to know you're doing this. So invite one person in here because it, it's literally like walking up to lawn and giving him a fucking virtual hug by telling one other person about this group and the shit and the things he's trying to do. It'll mean the fucking world to him. So, so be his army out front, helping him bring the right fucking people in here. And guess what? Every time you do that, it grows your network. Well said. And it grows everybody else's network. Hey, everybody, that's a wrap. I am so excited that you decided to give me another hour of your time and, uh, and hang out with my, me and my friend, Danny Boyding. Um, there again, Danny's got a book out there. It's, it's shockingly inexpensive. Um, and uh, it's called Fucked to Focused. I would really encourage you to go get it. It's a quick read. You'll, you'll have it. You'll have, you'll be through the book in two and a half hours. And I promise you, you're going to pull nuggets out of there that you can apply to your life right now. Also check out his podcast, Growth Mode Podcast. As for me, if you like this podcast, please leave a review. Consider leaving a review. It really does matter. Also consider joining the insider. 
Uh, the Insider, go to my website, normal40.com. At the top, you're going to find a tab that says community. Scroll to the bottom and join the Insider. And lastly, uh, every week I write something called The Rambler. On my website, you'll see it right there front and center. Sign up for The Rambler. And every week in your inbox, you're going to get to hear messages from me to you. And I just tell you about my journey and where I'm at. Down the line, I'm going to be launching my book, The Trade. I've given it to 50 people to read. I've got 35 uh, 35 testimonials back, and it is awesome. Everyone, thanks for being here. Great to see you on the Normal 40 Highway. Share this podcast with a friend. Do something that helps yourself. And make sure that you are going to do something today that you're committing to doing that over your lifetime is going to have an impact. All right. Thanks for being here. I'm going to see all of you next time on Normal 40, the podcast.